Good day, everyone. Welcome. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. This is Keith Rosen and first session of Coaching and Coffee with Keith. So welcome. And I certainly admire uh, you taking the time out of your busy day to uh, invest in you. So this is your time for you. Uh, and, and just to position our objective today, I'd like to share with you uh, a real quick story that happened to me about 10 years ago. Uh, I was in the uh, airport and I happened to run into a manager who I was working with for years. And we started chatting and she said, um, you know, so key things are finally getting better. And of course, as a coach, I had to ask why, what's changed? And her response, which is still so rare today, is because Keith, I'm getting better. And isn't that the reason why we're all here? Isn't that the mantra of leadership? That if we want people to change, if we want people to be responsible, if we want people to be accountable, if we want them to be coachable, transparent, and supportive, change always starts with us. And that's the great news. So uh, in the next 45 minutes or so, I'm really going to turn over this session over to you. This is your time. Uh, whether it's challenges you're faced with around sales, sales leadership, developing a remote team, uh, time and life balance, this is your opportunity to share your most pressing questions and challenges so that I can respond to them immediately. So without further ado, I'd like to put it back to you. Um, what is, uh, by the way, can everyone see me? One second, guys, I just want to make sure everyone here can see me. Okay, thank you guys, appreciate it. <laughs> okay, well, let's jump right into this. Uh, I, before we start, before I'd like to ask you some questions, I want to share some statistics for you. These are pretty scary, all right? These are some pretty scary statistics. So if you're a sales leader, salesperson, this definitely resonates with you. So check this out. Over the last two years, okay, the level of employee disengagement is at its highest point at, and I've written these down to make sure I'm getting them correct, 86%. 86%. Okay, over the last two years, last year, okay, 79% of, of salespeople did not meet their quota, okay? Now, let's connect this with even another uh, interesting statistic. Over the last two years, companies, most companies, about 76% of companies have changed the way they buy, have changed their procurement process. Uh, number of people involved in the decision-making process, the factors they use to make the decision, the criteria, timing, priorities, 76% of companies have changed the way they buy. Now, here's where it becomes scary. Only 17% of companies have changed the way they sell. Now, let's keep building on this in here because if we only have such a disparity here, I want you to consider this. 
84% of managers have never been trained how to manage, forget about coach, remotely in our new hybrid world. And then we wonder, turning all this back, why the level of disengagement is down, why we're missing quota, okay, why people's performance is suffering. These are the reasons. And, and, and there's good news here. The good news is that's why you're here. The good news is because you have the power to change it. So with that said, I'm looking here in the chat box. This would be a great opportunity if you'd start uh, maybe chatting in some of your biggest questions as it relates to sales, leadership, building your team, dealing with underperformers, what's on your mind, what's keeping you up at night, what would you love to resolve if I could support you on that today? Start putting it in the chat box and I'll start going ahead and responding to those questions now. Uh, I, I already have a couple of questions coming in as I see. And the first question, nice guitar collection. Why no single coil guitars? Because my other guitar collection is in my other office. Uh, and that is why you don't see that here. <laughs> I do take requests, guys, but that's for our next session. Oh, excellent. Great question from, uh, we, how do you manage the weekly agenda coaching call? That's a, that's a great one. Uh, unfortunately, most managers don't. Um, let's start off with coaching. When you're coaching people, it is always, and I don't often talk in absolutes, always about them. Okay. So there's situational coaching, which is what managers are doing every day in literally every conversation. And then there's the scheduled one-on-one -on -one coaching. So how to best manage the weekly calls? Uh, I would implore every manager to create a prep form. And uh, basically it's three simple questions. Uh, number one, uh, what are your wins since our last conversation? Number two, what are your challenges? And number three, what would you like to use our time for to make it valuable for you? That's it. Uh, every coachee, every person you're coaching should be filling this out, can't take more than five minutes, sending it to you at least a day, if not the very early morning of your meeting. What this does is several fold managers. Number one, okay, sets positive intention, not from you, but from your employees, from the coachees. They're coming prepared, okay? It holds them accountable. And it holds you accountable for supporting them around their agenda. The other part of the value of filling out the coaching form uh, is if they don't do it, that in and of itself becomes a coaching moment. And finally, and this is the part people really miss out on, is if I start coaching a client in January, and now let's say it's July, and we're chatting and, and my client says, you know, Keith, I know, I know I'm doing a lot of good stuff, but there's so much stuff I'm not doing because of course, as human beings, we always focus on what we're not getting done rather than what we are getting done. So I said to my client, go back to January's prep form, take a look at the challenges that you had then. And now look at your prep forms today. It becomes a path of progress for your coachees so they could see how much, and you can see how much they've grown. Thank you for that question. Uh, looks like we have another few questions coming in here. And by the way, guys, if I blink in this eye, I'm not winking at you. 
I actually have a detached retina, for those of you who don't know, uh, and I'm actually blind in this eye right now. So uh, I decided not to wear my pirate patch today. So if I'm going like this, it's just because I'm using my good eye. Okay, let's see. Um, how, oh, this is a great one. Uh, would you like perspective in how are customers buying compared to a few years ago? Ooh, nah, that's a hot one right there. So let's take a step back for a moment. If you are selling and managing the way you did two years ago, today, the same way you are today, you're set up for failure. We already talked about that most organizations have changed the way they buy. Well, how are you changing the way that you sell? You think, you think more sales training is the answer? No, I have been preaching for the last 20 years that the future of sales is for salespeople to transform into sales coaches so they can coach their customers to succeed. Well, guess what, guys? It's no longer the future. It's now. Right now, any competitive edge an organization or a salesperson can create is learning how to coach their customers and become what I call a consultative coach. Because if you really think about it, if we stop for a moment right now and we look and say, Keith, what is the dominant strategy today for selling? What is the dominant strategy today for leadership and coaching? I will tell you this in one word, care. Care. There's never been a time where people feel so isolated and disconnected, and that includes whether you, your peers, your coworkers, even your customers. We have a very unique opportunity to redesign the playbook of how we want to live our lives and how we want to connect with our customers in a deeper, more meaningful way. After all, you're in my home, okay? You're welcome to my dojo here, okay? Uh, you have exposure to people in their homes that you've never, ever had before. So one of the things that I see to make a transformational shift to build those deeper, hard, solid relationships with your customers and prospects is really connecting them on a deeper level and having deeper conversations to them. Here's the problem, though. No rule book. Keith, what do you mean by having those deeper conversations? Well, let's take this for an example. Manager, salesperson, remote team, hybrid team. What are the conversations managers need to have today that they never had? Well, you don't know because it's outside of your line of vision and it's outside of your line of vision of, of your organization. Well, if the predominant coaching and leadership strategy is care, then what about a conversation like this? Hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Coachee, I don't know about you, but I've been struggling myself over the last two years, finding my way, trying to maximize my time, balance my life at home, uh, and still remain productive. And uh, I was hoping we could have a conversation because there's probably some things you're doing that could help me and maybe some things that I'm doing that could help you. Would you be open to having that dialogue? Now, guys, that's an enrollment, that's setting intent. So what are the questions that managers aren't asking their people today? Or customers, what about salespeople? This is for you too. Here are some examples. What are you doing to turn off at the end of the day? How do you stay present throughout the day? How do you separate your personal responsibilities with your professional responsibilities? How are you taking care of yourself? How are you practicing self-care? 
how can I best connect with you and support you in this environment? How often would you like to connect? We don't ask these questions. But now we have to. Because right now, for example, if you were my manager and you're in my home, right? And let's say, for example, I'm fortunate. I have a home office, okay? Many people don't. And they're working in their kitchen. And there you are, a manager's having a meeting with one of their direct reports. And they're, the manager's observing their direct report. And they see that they're in the kitchen, pots and pans all over the place, dogs and cats running around, kids screaming, person looks like they haven't slept in weeks, have a dirty t-shirt on that they've been wearing for a week. Are you as a caring person going to say, okay, great meeting, I'll see you next week? Of course not. But the challenge is it's not that you don't care. Every manager I have the pleasure of working with truly cares. It's that they don't know what to do with it, what they're observing. I've just shared with you the conversation you can have. And it's a conversation that's going to provide a level of deeper value to boost that level of connection and engagement that you're having with your people. And this also goes with your customers. When you're having calls, when you're delivering presentations, whether you're observing someone in their office or observing someone at home, use that as an opportunity to expand your observation skills to see something that you might be able to talk about. Clearly, one thing I love to talk about is music. After all, what are the things that connect people across the world uniformly? What is it? It's food, it's music, it's dancing, sports, and of course, coaching. So just to reinforce, if you want your salespeople to create a competitive edge, have them start shifting from leading with solutions to leading with questions. Uh, let's be mindful, a whole bunch of great questions are coming in here. I'm gonna go ahead and put my glasses on and wink at everyone again. Let's see. How long should each coaching session be? Uh, well, quite frankly, uh, there's situational coaching, as I said before, and then there's schedule coaching. Personally, for me, I like to keep my coaching sessions at 15 minutes, okay? Because, <laughs> and if anyone has a question on cutting your every meeting you have from an hour to 45 minutes, and I challenge you on that, feel free to pop that in one of the questions because it's insane that you guys are jumping from meeting to meeting, like 11, 12, 1, 2. Who, I'm curious, who set that precedent? If, not to just go on a tangent for a second. Did you set that precedent? No, precedents are being set organically. This is why you have an opportunity to redesign your life the way you want it, okay? The conversation I shared with you before, managers are like, Keith, is, is, that, is, that an, is that compliant for me to have that personal conversation with HR? Of course it is. The rules have changed, my friends, okay? So <clears throat> just moving along here, when it comes to the amount of coaching, even your meetings, I keep my coaching sessions to 50, 50 minutes. I need that extra 10 minutes to decompress, refocus, recenter on my next meeting, whether it's a meeting, a presentation, or a coaching conversation, and really focus on who am I focusing on today? Who, how can I give value? What is the objective? Okay, so I hope that helps. Uh, we have another wonderful question here. How can you effectively 
follow up remotely to track the progress of development plan. Uh, thank you, Julio. Uh, well, uh, that sounds more like a time management question, and I will hopefully answer that in less than 30 seconds. Uh, whatever you do, whatever activity you engage in takes up time. I think everyone would agree with that, right? Here's the thing. If it takes up time, it has to be scheduled in your calendar. That's right, okay? Because if you don't have the appointment, you don't have the commitment. So what I always suggest is whatever conversation you're having with anyone you're coaching and they're making a commitment, I go right to my calendar and I'll put it right on there. Now, I might not be the one to first follow up. I'm hoping that person would follow up first. However, if they don't, they're getting a call, email, or text from me, okay? And it's, hey, how is everything? I know you were about, you were gonna send that information to me, or, or I know you said you were gonna have a, an update on, uh, uh, on some of the results you said you were gonna be working on with that one client, okay? Think about what happens if you don't do that. Think about the message you're sending as a leader. You don't follow up, what does that person think? I guess this isn't important. I guess I'm not important. Thank you. All right, let's keep going here. Uh, next question. How do we get buy-in to our process and culture if someone is trying to operate outside of our process? How dare them? Fire them on the spot. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, guys. I hope my sarcasm was translating. Okay, this is such a great question to position enrollment okay i'm going to share with you you know we could talk about coaching all day and we could talk about coaching models and philosophy but i just want to pinpoint something that's actionable and relevant for you to use today to make an impact and right now i'm going to do that okay so how do you get buy-in in the process and a culture how do you get buy-in for the people of the naysayers or the snipers or the ones that are pushing back and by the way let's expand that to any initiative how do you create buy-in around coaching? How do you get a term, a, an underperformer to want to turn around and enroll in a turnaround process in 30 days? How do you handle difficult conversations? How do you create alignment and buy-in with your customers and prospects? How do you coach up and create alignment and buy-in? I'm gonna give you a very simple model for enrollment. You see, here's what happens. Most organizations or managers, when any new initiative is being rolled out, pretty much this is what it sounds like. Hey guys, great news. This is what we're doing. Uh, we're gonna be rolling out this coaching initiative and uh, I'm gonna be coaching you and just expect me to send you a meeting, uh, 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 a meeting uh, e uh, uh, so that we can go ahead and schedule that meeting so we can talk about coaching. Okay, let's stop for a second. What are your people thinking? What is my manager talking about? A, I've never been coached before, so is that a good thing or a bad thing? I have been coached before and I had a really bad experience, okay? Uh, see, here's the thing, folks, and this is something to really, really tattoo in your mind. When, when you're coaching people and they're coming to you, it's always their agenda. When you have an agenda like this, where you need people to buy in, to your process or buy into change or buy into coaching, you need to enroll them, okay? So what does a very simple enrollment uh, model sound like? Here it is. Not here's what we're doing, 
Why, Mr. or Mrs. Manager? Because that's what I told you to do. And you can play the power card all day. And maybe if they want to keep their job, they'll do it. But what kind of output do you think you're going to get? Okay. Now imagine this. Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. And here's what's in it for you. So another way of saying that is everyone here has their personal goals, hopefully. Now here are your business objectives, sales quota. Imagine as a leader that if you're able to align each person's personal goals with their business objectives, now they're working towards a shared goal. Okay, so now they're thinking, oh, if I do this, I achieve this personally. Of course I want to do it because now they're tuned into WIIFM. What's in it for me? So if you ever, ever experience resistance to change, your gut check is, did I enroll them? Did they see what's in it for them? And if you want to hear a very simple example of uh, uh, what happens when you don't set intention, uh, here's one right now. There you are. You're sitting in front of your computer. You're checking your email. An email comes in. It's from your manager. In the subject, subject line, it says, in all caps, call me ASAP. What is your response? You don't have to type it in. Oh, no. What's going on? Am I getting fired? Am I in trouble? Am I being put on an infamous pip? Did I just lose a client? Oh, my gosh. Then you finally get the courage to muster up, to call your manager. And the first thing your manager says is, hey, I just wanted to personally call you and congratulate you on a great quarter. I know we had a lot of obstacles in front of us, but you really seized them and took advantage of what we have as resources, supported your team and made it happen. And I just want to thank you for, for your commitment to doing that. You didn't see that coming, right? If I said to you, I need to have a meeting with you, where do people go? Why? What did I do wrong? When intentions aren't clear, people default to fear. If you got that email that says, call me ASAP from your boss, it's not like you're going to respond with, oh, my boss is going to tell me how awesome I am. No, it's not. Always said positive intent. Thank you for that one. All right, let's keep going. Um, Ooh, this is a beautiful one. What do we do to keep remote SDR teams engaged and motivated? How about we start with this? Most managers, and uh, if I was to digress for a second, uh, I've had the pleasure of working with, I think about at this point, according to my marketing director, over 3 million uh, managers, executives, sales leaders, sales professionals in uh, 75 countries and six continents. So the one thing I can tell you, everything we're talking about here, it's a universal language. Coaching is a universal language, okay? So one thing that I have noticed, and I am always talking from a global perspective here, there's your company culture, and then there's your geographic culture, okay? I welcome any conversations about that as well when it comes to coaching. But to get focused back on this question, Managers spend the majority of time banging their head against the wall thinking, how do I hold my people accountable? 
How do I motivate them? How do I keep them engaged? Guys, you're asking the wrong person. Ask them. Now, if you have never proactively sat down with each person on your team and went through a conversation to uncover what truly motivates them, what inspires them, what their core values are, let me be exceedingly clear, you are making costly assumptions, okay? And while many managers think that, oh, salespeople are just coin-operated, that is not the case, especially today. Go online, do a search, type in what people want most in their career. Money is not number one, okay? You know what's number one? Recognition, acknowledgement, uh, making a difference, wanting to make an impact, collaboration, seeking to serve. Then money's at the bottom. As a matter of fact, I believe I even have a statistic on this one. 79% of people leave their job for, due to a lack of appreciation. Guys, I'm not making this stuff up, okay? Here, and I see this every day, okay? Managers are always very good at focusing on what's wrong. We're like heat-seeking missiles, right? We, we search out problems wherever they can to try to solve them, like the infamous chief problem solver, which hopefully you'll resign from that role. But when do you coach the win? When do you acknowledge the win? What does it sound like? Hey, great job last quarter. Okay, counter resets to zero. Get out there and start making calls. How about, hey, you know what? You just closed. That deal that you told me, you didn't think you were going to able to close. Well, first of all, congratulations. But what happened? I'm really interested in understanding. How did you turn that prospect around? You told me that they were working with another vendor and they wouldn't change. How did those conversations progress? What questions did you ask them? How many meetings did you have? What compelling cases did you share with them that grabbed their interest? How did you overcome the objections or obstacles that were in front of you that you were able to earn their business? What can we do now to take all your best practices and systemize your approach to achieve the consistent results you want? Unfortunately, most managers are not coaching the win, and then we wonder why people are leaving and feeling disengaged, okay? Take the time to coach the win. All right, let's keep going. Uh, in terms of keeping, I just want to go back to this. In, in terms of keep, keep, keeping people um, engaged and motivated, I'm going to go ahead um, after the uh, session. I, I believe I could still post some links. I'll go ahead and post some links uh, of some great questions that you can use to help uncover people's motivation and core values. What is the big challenge to do great coaching? Oh, another, here we go. Moving to the next question. What is the greatest challenge to great coaching? Well, I can answer that one in one word. You, you're your biggest competitor, okay? Coaching is easy. Okay, come on. It's easy for you to say you've been doing this for 36 years, okay? Coaching is easy when done right. Okay, well, if I was playing golf um, and I swung a club like a baseball bat, golf is never going to be easy for me. Okay, 
So when does coaching become easy? Coaching becomes easy, number one, when you first as an organization come up with a universal coaching definition. Number two, coming up with a universal coaching methodology. And most important, the coaching mindset and coaching framework, okay? If you were never trained how to be a coach, you know, there are managers out there that know they're not coaching. There are managers out there that are trying to coach and know they can be doing better. There are managers out there that are coaching horrifically and think they're doing a really good job, okay? Here's the thing. You know if you're delivering great coaching, if several factors rise to the surface. Number one, your people are more engaged. Number two, they're coming to you for challenges um, before anyone else. They're open. They're transparent. Um, they're being accountable. And here's the crazy thing. You as a leader, you have less work coming at you and you're actually enjoying your job. That's right. That's what I said. You're enjoying your job. As a matter of fact, here's something to consider. For all my manager friends out here, you and I, we have the exact same job. Okay. Granted, I have my company, but your company technically is what? Your team. That's your, that's your, that's your ecosystem. That's your subculture. All right. Well, I wake up every day and I feel I have the best job in the world. Why? Because every day I get to work with amazing people like you to help them break through barriers and create results that they never thought were even possible. Wait a second. The last time I checked, that's the primary objective of every leader. The primary objective of every leader is to make your people more valuable. Okay. So how do you make your people more valuable? It starts with by making you more valuable by becoming a world-class coach. So um, that's number one. A part two to this, I would say the biggest challenge um, to, and, and this is a pretty, pretty uh, heavy question here. Um, two things here. Number one, uh, managers coach in their own image. Salespeople sell in their own image. This is very dangerous. Okay. So let me give you an example of, of what I mean. Uh, and I, I'm sure none of you here do this, right? Um, there you are, your manager is sitting at your desk. You get a call, you get a text, uh, video conferencing. Hey, boss, I need your help. Okay, boss, I need your help. Um, I'm working on this one deal and uh, I'm really trying to push it over the finish line. But um, procurement, they're, they're asking for uh, another 2% discount. You know, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And of course, I know I'm, this is totally fabricated example. No one's ever dealt with this before, right? My sarcasm translating again, right? Now, here you are, Mr. and Mrs. Manager. What do you typically do? In most cases, because you've walked in the shoes of your people's job, you search your database, you find a similar situation that you were in, and viscerally within a nanosecond, fire out a solution or um, an idea or strategy that you want your people to do. And what does that typically sound like? Hey, you know what? When I was in your role, this is what I did. So you should do that too. Okay. All you're doing is building mini me's. All you're doing is building robots. And by the way, everyone, do yourself a favor. Do everyone else a favor. Don't shit on people. And if my New York accent is coming out, it's S-H-O-U-L-D, okay? Because a should 
is simply the excrement of your agenda, pushing your agenda. Well, you should be further along in your career. How many years have you been on this job? You should know how to do that. Or how about this? You should on yourself. I should be further along in my career. I should have more money in my portfolio. I should have gotten that promotion already. I should is a make wrong. So stop making people wrong. All right. So number one, okay. Another way of saying coaching in your image is being the chief problem solver. Because as I said before, we have been trained as managers to actually hunt out problems and fix them. But here's a paradox. Managers create the very problems they want to avoid. So think about this. Every single time one of your directs comes to you for help and you fire off an answer or solution, think about the underlying message you are sending to that salesperson, to that employee. Wow, if I have a question or a problem, I don't have to think. I'll just go to my manager. They'll do the thinking for me and they'll do my job for me. That's awesome. Congratulations, Mr. Manager and Mrs. Manager. You have successfully robbed people of the very accountability you want to instill and have created dependence on you. The last time I checked, I've never met a manager who doesn't want a team of accountable, independent people. Now, here's the, here's the real cost. Not only did you create further dependency on you, which you cannot scale, when you give an answer or a solution and that person goes to execute on it and it doesn't work, guess what they get to come back to you and say, hey boss, my hands are clean on this one. It's not my fault, it's your fault. Zero accountability because you very nicely took ownership of their problem and made it yours. So what's the alternative? Lead with questions rather than lead with answers. And since we're on the subject now, I wanna give everyone right now a tool that they could use today, a 60 second coaching tool. You can use it today, you can use it tomorrow, you can quite frankly use it with your customers and when you're as a leader coaching your employees or even your peers. Okay, this is something that you could be doing every day in every conversation. Because the fact is, you're either leading with answers or you're leading with questions. So I created the 60 seconds coaching strategy because I got really, really tired of hearing from managers that coaching takes too long. And before I forget, I believe I'm actually able to post a couple of um, links here. Let me see if we can do that real quick. So I can give you a couple of uh, tools here, especially give you the, uh, the 60 second coaching strategy so you have that to download yourself. Uh, that would be for one second here. Let's see if I can grab that for you. And here we go. One is a um, article and one is a PDF. There we go. All right. There are your two links right there. That's, that's, that's the link to go ahead and download uh, or just read the article on how to coach someone in 60 seconds. So here we go. Someone approaches you to one of your employees. They're looking for help. You have a choice. You give them the answer. Unfortunately, you'll be giving the answer to them for the rest of their career. Or you can take a step back and respond like this. 
you know what, Tim? Thanks for coming to me. And I'm happy to provide my opinion to you. However, you're much closer to this situation than I am. And I trust you and I trust your judgment. So what's your opinion on how to move forward and achieve the results you want? I'm from New York, guys. I'm purposely trying to talk slower. Um, that wasn't even 60 seconds. I think that was about, what, 25, if that, seconds? Let's break it down. The person's coming to you for you to give them the answer as they always want. So acknowledge, hey, I'm happy to provide my, 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 my opinion for you. However, now you're switching it from you being the chief problem solver to making them being their own chief problem solvers. You're much closer to the situation than I am. Isn't that true? That's called validation. And I trust you and I trust your process. That's building trust and confidence. So what's your opinion on how to achieve the results you want? Coaching is the language of leadership. So whether you speak Spanish, French, Italian, Urdu, it doesn't matter, okay? You are now learning the language of leadership, which is coaching, okay? So when you're coaching your people here, this is simply an opportunity to just ask a question. Just lead with that one question, okay? I guarantee you will always get a response. I want to point out something. Again, as an author, occupational hazard, okay? I'm a very literal person. Notice the question I asked the, the coachee. I didn't ask them, what's your solution? I didn't ask them, what's your strategy? <clears throat> I didn't ask them, what are your steps or answers? What I asked them was, what's your opinion? Because here's the thing, everyone. Opinions are non-judgmental. Opinions are not right or wrong. Okay? Everyone has one. If I went around our virtual room here, everyone has an opinion on uh, favorite food, favorite place to travel, favorite book, favorite movie, favorite sport, uh, favorite team. It's not right or wrong. So the beauty and the power of always using the word opinion is that they can't look at you and say, I don't know, boss. You don't know your own opinion. Can't get away with it anymore. So... Um, Relinquish your role as chief problem solver using the 60-second sales coach, which I just shared with you. Now, some of you were thinking right now, wait a second, Keith, that sounds really great if I ask them that question and they give me something that I know is going to work or his mind blow, maybe an idea that's even better than yours. What if they don't give you a fully baked solution? Or what if the solution or ideas they shared you know is a fact they will not work? Well. Here is part two of what I sent you. Thank you, Mr. or Mrs. Kochi. I really appreciate you sharing your ideas with me. How about we walk through your ideas together so we can create the best results for you? Okay. So if it's half-baked, maybe they have some good ideas, but you still need to put some ingredients in. That's the language you use. If it's not baked at all, they don't have a pot, a kitchen, no ingredients, you're not going to make them wrong and say, are you kidding me? You're going to use the same approach. Thanks for sharing your ideas. Uh, how about we walk through some of your ideas together so we can come up with the best solution to achieve the results you want. Now it's a collaboration, not an interrogation. So I look forward to hearing from some of you about how that's working for you. Let's keep the momentum going here. We have about 10 minutes left. Let's see. 
next question here. I think we covered big challenge to do great coaching. Um, ABCs always be coaching. Love it. Uh, love it. Sometimes people just asking caring questions. How do you just, just say, how are you? How do you manage the paradox of not coaching for results? Well, ooh, Devin, you really got me on this one, buddy. This is my, my, one of my favorite questions. Okay. How do you manage the paradox of not coaching for results, but for the process when driven to achieve results as a manager? Oh my gosh. That sounds like a massive conundrum. As a matter of fact, it is a universal conundrum. This is a global epidemic. Guys, by default, you're result-driven. You can't help it. You have a target on your back. Every organization I've worked with is a result-driven organization. You are a victim of your culture. And I'm not talking about your geographic culture. I'm talking about your company culture. And of course, I'm not blaming companies. After all, I have business objectives to hit, just like you. We need to hit our business goals. We need to grow. We need to continually deliver value, retain and acquire new clients. Of course we do. And those are the results. But here's the problem. And I'm going to get really cerebral on you guys now. Okay? Three points of time. Past, present, future. At what point of time do you live? And if you said present, okay? Let's all agree we, we physically exist in the moment. Where do you live? You live in the past or you live in the future, okay? I, I, this is a conversation I can have all day, but just in the spirit of time, because most companies are result-driven and because we all have that target on our back, we are result-driven. We are always looking for what's next, the next deal, the next, the next sale. Are we going to hit our number this quarter? Are we going to hit our number this year? Always what's next. And unfortunately, it comes at a major, major cost to what's now, to your life. And I want to share with you uh, a universal definition of coaching, which quite frankly, most companies still do not have. And I'm not going to share with you a long academic definition. Coaching is the art and language of creating new possibilities. Oh, by the way, you know what my definition of selling is? The art and language of creating new possibilities. That's why the greatest salespeople are the greatest sales coaches. Oh, and by the way, for my friends in HR, my manager friends out there and those in sales excellence and uh, enablement, I just made your life a thousand times easier because if your salespeople are now becoming masterful coaches, guess what? When they get promoted, they don't turn into the chief problem solver. They, turn, they, they evolve and stay being true to what they know to be the best approach, which is to coach their people to success. So there's a paradox here. Here's your results. Your results aren't going anywhere. Quota you know, KPIs, all that fun stuff. Here they are. Focusing on your results doesn't make your results manifest any faster. Matter of fact, running around your team and reminding them of their quota. Hey, you know your quota. You know, you know how many calls you have to make. You know how many meetings you have to book. What's going on in your territory? You know what that is? Wild important questions. That's just bloody annoying. 
You're not delivering any value to your people. They already know their goals. They're not stupid, okay? So here's the paradox. Be mindful of the future. There are your goals while being present in the moment. Because here's the thing. You don't execute a result. You execute a process which produces the result as a natural byproduct. So what I challenge you to do, and again, beliefs precede experience, right? How we think is what we get. I challenge you to shift, not to, not to no longer be result-driven, but become more process-driven. And I'm not talking about processes in your sales process or you know, your, your compliance processes, your onboarding process. I'm talking about the way you think. So let me give you an example. Uh, a result-driven question is, how many calls did you make today? A process-driven question is, when you made those calls, what did it sound like? Walk me through the conversation you had with that customer. When the customer shared with you that objection, how did you respond? How can you respond differently in another situation? What are the questions that you're using to best qualify your customers? These are process-driven questions. The result-driven questions are important, but you're only having half a conversation. You need to incorporate them in both. And remember, most important thing, coaching is the art of creating possibility. If you're focused on the end result, you can't be coaching because now you got your tunnel vision on and you're focusing on your agenda. And what you wind up doing now is not coaching. It's called something else. Okay. And it's called manipulation. All right. Because I've actually had uh, new managers walk into my training programs and tell me, and I can't make this stuff up. They would say to me, Keith, I don't want to learn how to coach. This happened to me when I was in Egypt, I remember. Oh, gosh, I love these tour in the pyramids, riding on a camel. Uh, but there I am. Now I was working. And uh, one of the managers comes to me in the morning and uh, he says, Keith, you know, I, I, I read, you know, I, I know about you. This is not a personal attack. Please don't take this personally. I don't want to attend your class because I don't want to learn how to coach. Now, of course, as a coach, I had to ask, may I ask why? And he said to me, he said, Keith, every time my manager coaches me, it feels like they're manipulating me. And I don't want to learn how to manipulate people. Now, isn't that sad? And that's what happens. And then we wonder why only 1%, if not less, of organizations globally have a true, authentic, thriving coaching culture. Okay? Because avalanche is downhill. Now, I enrolled this manager to stay. And of course, after day two, we hugged it out. And he was so thrilled to see that he has this entirely new model and paradigm of coaching. You know, and, and it always gets me hung up. And, and, you know, guys, again, it starts from the top. But if you're ever in a situation, and this goes back to whether you're coaching or manipulating, where you're thinking to yourself, gee, um, I'm having a really hard time coming up with a question that would drive the person to where I want them to be. Congratulations. You're not coaching them. That's closing them. That's manipulation, okay? And that's not what we're doing if we look at the definition of coaching, opening possibilities, not driving expectations. And on that final note, before we move to the next question, I want to be mindful of time. Is It, it, it makes me nuts when I hear this from my, my friends in, in sales enablement and uh, senior leaders. And I'll get on the phone with them and they'll say to me, Keith, we want to create a coaching culture. Which, hey, step one, I admire any organization that's willing to take that step forward. 
However, they say to me, Keith, we want our people, our managers to coach 60 to 70% of the time. Once I hear that, they have no idea what coaching is. Coaching is not something you do to people, okay? It's not like I'm going to say, I'm putting my coaching hat on and I'm going to coach you. What did I share with you before? Coaching is a language. It's something you do in every conversation. So saying, you know, I only want you to coach 60 to 70% of the time is like saying, I only want you to breathe 60 to 70% of the time. A true coaching culture speaks the language of coaching. So hope that one helped. Let's keep going. Uh, yes. Oh, love the acknowledgement there. Thank you for that. Uh, how about a team and a company? Ooh, I'm sure no one has to deal with this one. How about a team and a company where the comp plan has changed and they're not accepting it? Come on. Don't they, don't they all accept it? Oh, boss. Listen, I, I know you're doubling, you're doubling my territory and you're cutting my salary. It's totally cool. No, but here's the problem, everyone. As a leader, I guarantee you, and I don't like making assumptions, but again, doing this a long time, when one of your direct reports comes to you and let's say they're talking about, oh, you know, this comp plan change, it's not there or whatever it is. It could be a new initiative that you're rolling out, okay? And, and people aren't accepting, whether it's the new comp plan, the new commission structure, the new change, whatever that is. How do you coach to that? Well, you have two choices. Number one, get on your soapbox and preach. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Salesperson, let me tell you why we changed this. And actually, it's going to be a good thing because when we do this, it's actually going to help you because we're actually, we're actually, we're, we're cutting back here in the comp area, but we're actually giving you more opportunities to sell. So in actuality, it'll balance out and you can actually make more money. Now, at that point, the salesperson's thinking, all right, sounds good. All right, boss, thanks. And a week later, they come back to you with the same question. Why? Because you never got to root cause, all right? You're preaching at them. So smash your soapbox and instead stop getting defensive and lead with questions. You see, here's the thing. There are things that we can't control, my friends, and there are things we can't. And this falls into that area unless you as a manager have 100% control of your comp plan, okay? This is something outside of your control. So I'm going to give you the billion dollar coaching question now that will move you in to a coaching conversation. You ready, everyone? Here we go. Mr. and Mrs. Salesperson, you know, I really, really appreciate how you feel. As a matter of fact, you're not the only one who's being affected as well. However, this isn't about me. This is about you. And I want to make sure I support you the best way I can. What I've, what I've noticed in the company is that there are things that we can control and there are things that we can't control. And how about since we can't control the comp plan, it's out of my hands, it's out of your hands. How about we shift our conversation to the things we can control so that you can achieve the results you want? Okay. You've now redirected the conversation to something you can do, create a new possibility. Okay. By putting aside what you can control, and now shifting to what coaching is, creating a new possibility. Thank you so much for that question. Let's see what else we got. Uh, <laughs> I love that, Louie. Thanks. Uh, aligning their goals, if I know what they're 
Amen. Amen. Great, Brian. Thanks for that comment. Okay, this is this is a good. Uh, well, here's a great one. Uh, do coaches need coaching? That's come on. Of course you do. When I first started, I had my own coach, Karen. She was awesome. She helped me develop my coaching skills and practice. Uh, and then I went on to help develop a lot of the coaching modules for a lot of the coach training programs out there. But at the end of the day, if we're talking, um, whether it's personally or professionally, everyone does better when they have a coach in their corner. And one thing I can tell you, especially when it comes to sustaining a coaching culture, the nucleus of every organization is you, the manager, okay? And people are always looking at you. You know, you're modeling what's possible for other people to achieve. The most important thing a company can do to sustain the coaching culture is peer-to-peer -peer coaching, okay? So when I deliver my programs, I always assign managers together with a peer. And often I try to do it with someone who they never worked with before because I want them to see that they can coach anyone and they can actually learn from each other and, oh my gosh, even break down departmental silos. What a crazy thought, okay? So that is something that I hope uh, you take to heart uh, and something that, um, that, that uh, you can see will really work for you. Uh, I see another question and I know we're topping our hour here. Let me see what else we have here. Um, uh, yes, this is recorded, so you will have access to it. Um, I see one more question here. Uh, I think we got them all. Uh, best way to code. Camera on. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, Jim asked, would you require a camera on during uh, internal remote meetings or, or, or what do you feel? Well, here's the thing. Uh, in all my years of coaching, even today, my one-on-one -on -one coaching, I, I've been doing on the phone. And granted, back in the day, we didn't have the technology. Uh, I personally feel um, it makes you a better listener and it makes you stay more present. Um, I have no problem with coaching um, video, okay? Uh, just remember something, everyone. When you're working on your coaching skills and you have all these great new templates in front of you, don't, don't feel like you have to hide it. Show your team what you're doing. Let them know you're doing it so you can try to best support them and be the leader that they want you to be so they can, they can achieve the results they want. So uh, just uh, looks like it's time to wrap up, unfortunately. Thank you so much for your interaction. Thank you for your questions. I truly hope this hour we spent was valuable for you. Uh, you can expect me doing a lot more of these in the future, and I'm going to have some really amazing guests as well. So make sure that we're definitely connected on LinkedIn. So send me an invite uh, so we can connect there. Follow me on Twitter. I'm always posting new resources. Uh, before I do forget, a little couple of housekeeping things. Um, whether you like it or not, uh, I'm your coach for life. And uh, I want to make sure that if you need me, you can have access to me so you never have to feel alone. My, my personal email address is kr at keithrosen.com. My mobile number is 516-231-2774. Now, some of you might be thinking, why is he giving out his personal information? Well, 
what kind of person, what kind of human, and what kind of coach would I be if I didn't take an unconditional stand for all of you? Because that's certainly something we can all use right now. So on that note, I know we covered a lot of ground, so certainly lots of ground to cover in the future. But focus on some of the things we talked about. Being present. You know, um, focusing on that 60-second coaching strategy. Turning off at the end of the day. Finding, making self-care non-negotiable for you. And, and using those conversations to connect with your team and your customers in a deeper, more personal and meaningful way. So until our next conversation, guys, don't leave yet. I got a, I got a treat for you. I got a gift. So don't jump off yet. I have a gift I want to share with everyone right now. And the gift that I'm sharing with you, because here is everyone who attended my first LinkedIn Live program, I want to share with you a free pass to my sales leadership coach training program on Udemy. How do you feel about that? Would you like one? Well, then let me give it to you right now so you have it. And this is my way of thanking you for joining me and for your questions. Bear with me for one more second, everyone, and I will have this up for you. Okay. If for some reason you cannot access this, let me know, instant message me, and I'll make sure that you get a free pass. So until then, my friends, please stay safe, stay healthy, stay happy. Thank you for the opportunity to contribute to you. Thank you for allowing me to honor one of my core values of making an impact. So remember the ABCs, always be coaching. And as a friendly reminder, this is something we all need to keep in the back of our minds. And it doesn't matter if you're a salesperson and it doesn't matter if you're a leader. People create the mindset. Mindset shapes behavior. Behavior defines culture and culture determines success. And that is why the primary objective of every organization, manager and salesperson is to make your people and your customers more valuable. Until then, make it a great week. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.